1: Welcome back, Wednesday, January 24th, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. Mr. Bill is back. We have young David, Mr. David Dahl, who is my producer here in front of me. And Miss Terry. Yep, that's you. And Miss Terry behind him, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me again. 602 508. 0960 the number if you'd like to weigh in on anything. As in most things, I'm usually guided by the wisdom of a few ancients when it comes to political thought, philosophy, and what we now routinely call politics. It's been said that every anthropologist loves his own tribe, and my tribe usually starts with Aristotle, moves through the founders, especially Alexander Hamilton and James Madison, some James Wilson, Abraham Lincoln. And then the moderns william Buckley, Harry Jaffa, Barry Goldwater, Ronald Reagan. It is to Lincoln I turn this morning uh I turn to this morning after reading the New Hampshire primary results last night in his speech after securing the Republican nomination for the Senate in Illinois in eighteen fifty eight Abraham Lincoln said, quote, "If we could first know where we are and whither we are tending." we could better judge what to do and how to do it he then went on to say echoing the wisdom from the book of matthew a house divided against itself cannot stand that is my view of the republican party today and there is a lot of division it seems as if we fight each other more than we fight the progressive left in fact one of my major criticisms of soi-disant conservatives who obtain careers at the new york times or cnn or abc is that this is all they do, training their aim of pen and rhetoric exclusively at Donald Trump, almost never the left, except when here and there they engage, dust off their sociology degrees to analyze what the Democrats misunderstand about Trump, as if they are jealous, wishing they could be so misunderstood. Well, I actually don't understand them. Not if they call themselves or want to call themselves conservatives or Republicans for any purpose other than receiving a paycheck from liberals and the left. We have an opposition to fight here in America, and not 2024, not 2025, not the next four years, but as America and Americanism, just as the Constitution and constitutionalism is on the line. It's time to unite. Nikki Haley is not going to win the nomination any more than East Coast multimillionaires could find a price to buy Carrie Lake out of running for office. This country, and I should think this movement, is not for sale. But clearly there are disparate and dissenting parts that need awakening. I'll come back to that in a moment. But a lot of this is represented by a phrase I got hung up on yesterday from a caller who said something like, like him or not, Trump is the only choice. Like him or not. It's a fair sentiment, of course, but we should not be defensive about this position in saying it, like him or not, which I feel too many of us are. Whence came the notion you have to actually like our president? Whence came the notion you actually have to like your professor or teacher, if they are good at what they do or the best at what they do? Who was more likable, Hubert Humphrey or Richard Nixon? George McGovern or Richard Nixon? Did likability matter, or were we against amnesty, acid, and abortion? Who was more likable, Jimmy Carter or Ronald Reagan? Ronald Reagan or Walter Mondale? Jimmy Carter or Jerry Ford? I'm told Mondale was extraordinarily nice, as was Humphrey, and that they represented Minnesota nice. And who cared? Who cares? We were talking about worldviews. You think Hillary Clinton is likable? Or more or less likable than Trump? Barack Obama probably was more likable than John McCain, and Mitt Romney is probably more likable than Ted Cruz. But you know who suppos- supposedly was very unlikable? John Adams. I don't care. We are not voting for a girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or husband. What we are voting for is the saving of what Abraham Lincoln called this, the last best hope of earth, where a form of soft despotism is rolling over our country and a hard despotism is rolling over its conservative activists or at least those who try to push back against the power of the state, say at, oh, I don't know, school board meetings, for goodness sakes. Alexis de Tocqueville wrote that we as a form of democracy are uniquely susceptible to what he called extensive yet mild forms of despotism that, quote, degrade men without tormenting them, degrade men without tormenting them, close quote. And the. Degradation is extensive as we slowly just absorb and put up with it all to a point that if not arrested will leave us, as Ronald Reagan warned, someday telling our children and our children's children what it was once like to live in a place called the United States of America where men were once free. There is an active movement to actually bar the potential nominee and ex-president from being put on state ballots, and it receives countenance from the Democratic Party and its judges and appointed officials. There is an active movement to erase border security and thus the territorial and constitutional sovereignty of our nation. There is an active movement that falsely claimed the former president was illegitimate because also falsely claimed he was elected by dint of collusion with a foreign country. There is an active movement that proposes to pack the Supreme Court and add states to the union merely to add Senate seats. There is an active movement that smears Supreme Court nominees with the worst of allegations because they disagree with their judicial philosophy – A philosophy every justice on the Supreme Court recognizes and likely no justice appointed by Franklin Roosevelt would find aberrational. There is an active movement that will win elections at any cost by bearing false witness using 51 former intelligence officials to swing an election and will weaponize the FBI and CIA to engage in domestic political operations. There is an active movement that battered and bribed social media companies not to air politically dissenting opinions. There is an active movement that supported race riots. There is an active movement that believes and works to allow men to compete in female athletic competitions and that wants the federal bureaucracy to take charge of school bathrooms. There is an active movement that believes children should be able to change their sex and their names without notifying, much less obtaining the consent from their parents. There is an active movement that cares only about race as the qualification for a job or educational opportunity. There is an active movement that believes an unborn life can be snuffed out of existence at any stage, at every stage for any reason, and will lie to you about saying that. There is an active movement that supports international terrorist states and wants to shower them with money and turn a blind eye to their Genghis Khan-like and Caligula-like behavior because they just happen to know how to use the right words, though their actions are sub-medieval. There is an active movement that will censor alternative medical and scientific points of view in debates about public health, cover up lies about their expertise in public health, all for political reasons and political purposes that have nothing to do with public health. And that active movement is called the Democratic Party. And it is roiling And rolling us into exactly what de Tocqueville warned us about and that we were highly susceptible to succumbing to. So, we can continue to debate ourselves. We can continue to sink money and effort and time into will-o'-the-wisp candidacies that have no shot of victory because they soothe our desires for likability And ancillary considerations and moral self superiorities, or we can recognize that supporting those candidacies writes the talking points for our opposition and continually divides our house in a way that Abraham Lincoln warned about in the midst of a campaign for moral and national normalcy, if not. Survival. At least that's how I see it. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show, coming to you from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals, our phone number, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Anything on your mind? Young David, I've a lot to talk to you about. So let's bookmark those topics. Okay. Donuts, dancing, political pins, and Saturday morning. We'll come back Saturday to those Saturday mornings. We'll come back to those seriatim. Jeff DeWitt, the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party, resigned today in a letter, two page letter. Uh, Many people, as of yesterday, thought that that would be in the offing, uh, especially after the release of the uh, taping of the conversation between um, he and Carrie Lake. And um, some people said Jeff will stay. Some say it was just he couldn't possibly stay. And um, his letter tries to throw a few grenades Carrie's way. I don't think they land. There's a reporter at the Arizona Republic who says that uh, they did land uh, on Kerry uh, in a bad way. GOP bosses' bombshells just blew up Kerry Lake's campaign. I think that's just the exact opposite read. I don't think so at all. Uh, What happened here and what was said here, no matter how much the chairman says it was taken out of context or that there were other tapes that were being used against him to blackmail, none of that. None of that lands, um, and you can't take what he is recorded as saying out of context. I understand the nature of these things, trying to revive a reputation, and um, and I don't, um, I don't, you know, begrudge someone trying to defend themselves on their way out. But uh, it was awful, all of it, um, all of what he said, and it seems to me. Uh, when he represented that there were East Coast interests that were willing to put up unlimited amounts of money to keep Kerry Lake out of the race, it seems to me the task of journalism at this point would be to try and um, do your level best to find out what those interests, who those interests are. That seems to me the next story here. For a party in a state, certainly, but a party generally that wants to talk about the integrity of our elections and election integrity, Um, the idea that out-of-state interests would be trying to buy out or buy up candidacies to keep them from running um, is sinful. Moreover, can we just take a step back And think about how much cynicism there is in politics generally and point to the notion that there is some kind of theoretical cabal or smoke-filled room in another region of the country. Or hell, even if it was in this state that is putting together gobs of money to pay out a candidate so that that candidate doesn't run that that they should be doing that with their money? You know, the idea that we have people who theoretically are interested in the well-being of this country, right? I mean, that's why they do it, right? That's why you get involved in politics, right? That's why you're a political animal, right? You care theoretically, you care about the direction or, of this country, or you care about making life better for your fellow countrymen through the vehicle of politics, That that's what you're spending your money on? Or that's what you're willing to spend money on? It's sinful. It's sinful. There's not enough causes out there you could dump that money into rather than trying to buy off political leaders that people want to support and that have support that at least get you past the entry gate. There aren't enough causes. There aren't enough causes in, I don't know, the veterans community. There aren't enough causes in fighting, I don't know, drug addiction or supporting drug prevention or uh, criminal victims, victims of crime. There's not enough causes um, in helping uh, fallen officers' families or fallen soldiers' families. There's not enough causes that you can give to those things rather than sitting back and trying to control what happens politically in another state by offering gobs of money it's it's i've said it 3 times now it's 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 probably 3 times more than i've said in the entire last year of this radio show sinful that's not a word i use much that's the first thing that occurred to me and of course it had the whiff of credibility no one's denying this no one's denying that This happened in Jeff DeWitt's resignation letter. He's not denying that he was carrying water for others. This out of context thing, you hear that all the time when people get caught. It was taken out of context. I don't know when the original first use of that phrase was deployed. Oh, I was taken out of context. There are certain things you can't take out of context. I'm going to go look. Young David, do you think it goes back further than Nixon? I could see someone like Nixon saying it was taken out of context. I bet you. Although I can't hear him saying it. Go ahead. Yes.
2: Yeah. I bet you it does go out of context.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting out phrase.
2: Yeah. Out of context. I bet it comes from the, the library system. Oh, really? I bet you, it, you know, context, clues. I bet you it has something to do with our library system and things really? like that. Taken out of context. Yeah? Yes. You know? Uh, okay. Uh, but I have no idea um, if that was a Nixonism or not. Yeah, I don't think I've Speaking heard of say Speaking of Nixon, yes, sir? Uh, I have a great idea. Now huh. that there happens to be a vacancy <laughs> for the Arizona Republican chair, why don't we make like Richard Nixon and nominate Mr. Conservative for the nomination? Mr. I'll give you this Nixon. audio as follows. He is the man who earned and proudly carries the title of Mr. Conservative. And he
3: is the man... Who, after the greatest campaign in history,
2: will be Mister Chairman Liebson? How about that? <gasps> Who's what? You're silly. That's whose voice is that? That's Nixon nominating and, Goldwater for president in 1964. No kidding. Yeah.
1: Let me hear it again. Can you do it again? Ah! It, yeah. See. It's it's hard sometimes without. He is the man who
3: earned and proudly carries the title of Mister Conservative, and he is the man. Who, after the greatest campaign in history, will be Mr. President. Very oh, bold. Nice,
1: that's a nice line. That would have been two years after he said you don't have... M- you won't have nixon to kick around anymore right
2: yeah well nixon was one of goldwater's greatest campaigners in yeah, 64 after right. the convention that's right um but i i think you should put your put your hat in the ring if there is an opening <laughs> i don't it think sounds that. like saturday there's going to be a convention <laughs> well this is what we call a draft <laughs> no. draft Liebsen,
1: go to break go to break go no, no, to break no, no, no. <laughs> I, they can't do it saturday anyway by bylaw i don't think i think they have to have something like a notice and. 10 or 45 or 9. We'll write him a letter. <laughs> Postmark it back two Take weeks. Take a letter, Maria. Address it to my wife. Tell her I'll be coming. What is it? Tell her I won't be coming home. Got it. What is it? Take a letter, Maria. Address it to my wife. Tell her I won't come. I'm not coming home. Got to get a new life. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leveson Show. Um, That's uh, R.B. Graves with uh, Take a Letter Maria, lyrics of which I was missing up in the last segment. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. Great place to learn more about what Grand Canyon Planning can do for you. Great place to reach out to him. If you would like to talk to him, how are you, John? Hey,
0: Seth, doing great. Thank you. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing fine. I'm doing Good. fine. I'm trying to keep ahead of all the news and it's it's or keep up with it is hard enough. There's <laughs> a lot going on There's out there. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. All right, talk to me about the markets today. Dow. Dow down just a hair. S&P and yeah. Nasdaq up a little bit, yeah? Yeah, we had
0: yeah, a little mixed market today. Uh, yeah. We did get some uh some interesting news today. Uh Tesla uh um, yeah. we saw a reported today and uh they missed on a couple of their estimates and that uh hurt the stock. And uh, they're attributing that to, you know, competition as well as increasing costs yeah. uh, along with uh, electric vehicle prices uh, being reduced yeah. in the second half of 2023. Uh, for those out there who are looking to purchase a, an electric vehicle, um, Tesla prices have come down a bit and they're trying to, um, I think, you know, get customers into these vehicles without sometimes uh, qualifying for the – uh, tax credits that there used to be on some of these EVs.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I, 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 I saw the Tesla news, and it, it seems like also, John, a lot of other. It seems like I don't know, but it seems like another a lot of other companies that are getting into the electric markets are doing okay. People seem to really like them, although the domestic ones here, like Ford, seem to be pulling back on on mm-hmm. producing them. So. I don't know. I don't know what's what's ahead for the electrical vehicle, the electric vehicle industry. I bet the next presidency will make a difference on that. So.
0: I would imagine so. I do think that you know electric vehicles uh, can be an alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, but it, it certainly can't be pushed and shoved down the American consumer's throats uh, as as it seems to have been over the past couple of years. I, I believe there's a valid you know side to this. You know. Clean energy, great, uh, but we have to have the support system in place uh, if, if it's really going to be able to, you know, take off as, as many want it to. So uh, I just think that a lot of the hybrids seem to be more popular today. That's where the consumer seems to be going, and uh, and I think Ford recognized that, and so they made changes in their, their business strategy. You know, they were all in electric. Their goal was to be have a complete fleet of electric vehicles. Uh, but they realized and saw what's going on with the consumer, and they, they're shifting their business back to uh, more of the combustible engine vehicles and hybrids. So that's, uh, I think, smart business for them. That's what they have to do.
1: One of the stocks that seems to be making some news is Netflix. If you know mm-hmm, that, yeah. those shares are surging a lot. That was interesting to me. I understood it. Uh, I could understand it during COVID. It, I, I it, it, it's a little more interesting now, it seems to me.
0: Yeah. Well, Well. you saw um, Netflix had a, a little bit of a rough patch yeah, there. Right. They, they skyrocketed during COVID. Yes, yep. then they really had a, a real challenge uh, with some of their uh, business practices. Yep. But now we're starting to see them uh, get back um, You know their mojo, as it would be. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the stock really took off. We saw an incredible increase in their subscribers, and that was the big... Uh, push for the stock to go higher had some uh, other analysts now that have given it a much higher you know stock price that they're believing it's going to go to in the 600s uh, and we saw that stock really take off today yeah after they reported so uh, Tesla on the other side of it today reporting missing on those uh, expectations mm-hmm. but Netflix yeah really uh, exceeded what the expect expect expectations expectations <laughs> uh-huh yes i know i got i got my tongue got a little tied there
1: and sands las vegas sands is las kind Ve- of doing doing well too right
0: yeah it's interesting some mm-hmm. of these uh some of these hotel chains yeah. out there yeah uh, of course some of them are worldwide yes yes uh, and they're you know but but some of them Singapore are uh, more like domestic that. here yeah. as well right yeah. so uh, it is interesting to see and this the consumer is still strong out there seth and i think that's what's driving all of this uh, in many cases Um, people are still spending money. So until that stops, uh, we're going to, I believe, see a a, a decent economy here. And it's very possible that the markets will actually uh, have a pretty good year, even though there's a lot of uh, you know, adversity out there that uh, many people My thesis is
1: that any time we're coming close to an election, we're going to see yeah. the economy uptick. Because those mm. in charge yeah. want it to look good for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John.
0: Very true. All right. Securities and Advisory Services are through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finn and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC and not affiliated. Check out our website, grandcanyonplanning.com. You can request an appointment there with me. Thanks, Seth.
1: Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 uh, 508 March 26th, we're doing Fighting for Freedom. Mike Gallagher, Brandon Tatum, and I will all be on stage at Arizona Christian University in a relatively small environment so we can have a maximum of interaction with you all, Q&A and discussion, talk about the election. You can get your TikTok. At 960thepatriot.com. It'll be a great event. These things always are. It's always good to bring Mike into town, and Brandon uh, is wonderful. And um, we also will do a giveaway of a pair of tickets. Uh, if you want to enter that, uh, send uh, Young David, my producer, an email. His email address is D Doll, D O L L, D Doll, at salemphx.com and put FFF or Fighting for Freedom in the subject line, and we'll announce the winners on Friday are the winner of the recipient of a free pair of tickets to that. But otherwise, you can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. As I say, we're keeping it, uh, you know, relatively uh, small so that we can maximize the um, conversation with y'all. All All right, let's go to Richard in Phoenix. Hello, Richard. Hello.
3: Uh, My question is, when you consider taking today's monologue and turning it into an essay, adapting it as an essay, and putting it up on uh, American Thinker, American Greatness, it, it needs to be out there because it's so concise and gives it such a perfect list and some, it's wonderful.
1: Oh, it nice. should be titled something like, Why We Need Donald Trump. Oh, you're very kind. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Um, I yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I I don't often publish. I don't really publish my monologues uh, because a lot of them are just kind of notes and cobbled together things and um, and that's and, and and such. And I just spend most of my time working on the on the spoken word. Uh, I've written a little bit here and there. Um, when I write, I tend to write mostly on. Uh, issues in public policy i'm very expert at like uh drug prevention and that sort of thing i don't know mm-hmm. i you're you're kind to say that i i try i i don't <laughs> i don't know <laughs> you're just you're you're making me blush is what's happening here <laughs> it's
3: worth it you, you've done such a good job of synthesizing what we face that it it needs to be communicated across
1: the country Oh well, you're very kind you're very kind um for those that missed it, they can always get every part of this show for free at 960thepatriot.com. And I guess if um, if there's enough demand, maybe, Richard, I'll think about it. But uh, you're, you're, I'll just say thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it okay. very much. All right, brother. Thank you very much. Good. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Rick in Phoenix. Hello, Rick.
3: Hi there, Seth. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. You bet. And... I demand with Richard that you publish your monologue.
1: <laughs> well, you can't. Everyone named Rick and Richard can't just be my audience for this. I mean,
3: I, oh well. I was hoping uh, my demand would carry a great deal of weight.
1: Yes, I submit to your authority often.
3: I've been I've been telling you for years and years to to publish your I know, monologue.
1: but yeah. I'm recalcitrant.
3: I know, I know, I know. I know, I understand and I, I you know, I sympathize with and all of that. But <laughs> they you. are but he's right. You know, they are terrific. They're always great. Thanks. And and say before I get to my main point, yes, sir. Uh, did you hear yesterday that uh, Charles Osgood passed
1: away? I did. You know, I really liked him. Yeah, yeah. That old guard, you know, when he was on the TV or Charles Corollt or mm-hmm. someone of that, you just kind of got the sense that everything was going to be okay. They didn't, they didn't engage in excitations and frenzy, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah. Cal- calming insights. Yeah, I, I have one. I have one of his books. Oh, okay. And you'll love the title. Yeah, nothing could be finer. Been a crisis that is minor in the morning.
1: <laughs> that's cute. Yeah,
3: that's the title of his book, yeah. and it just contains a bunch of his. Uh, essay,
1: uh, I know virtually nothing about his life, but I yeah. betcha. I just betcha. He's the kind of guy that if you knew him, you liked everyone who knew him or worked around or for him liked him. He just seemed could, like that kind of guy. You
3: could could have been. Could have yeah. been. Yeah, not something well, they listen, say about I'm, me. I'm sort of calling in response to the to the. After monologue part, okay. uh, <clears throat> you talked about uh, the reason that uh, someone would uh, pursue political office, yeah. and I just I'm just calling about my motivation for running for political office. Okay. Uh, It is because I have invented a miracle pill, and I want to get into office so that I can make the federal government mandate that everyone in the United States of America take one of those pills every day so that I can become a multi-multi-billionaire. Yes. Now, that's right in line with what John Adams said, our Constitution was written for a moral People and is wholly unsuited for any other.
1: Yes, I know that's right. I and also,
3: kind right. of in line with what your conversation with Bacha on Sun uh, on Monday was.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: You asked her, "Will the Democrat Party continue to be a party?" And she said, "Yes, because they have a ready-made." Uh, manufacturing plant called the colleges and the universities.
1: Yeah, that's such a great point. She, I loved that sentence of hers. I loved that.
3: Yeah, I didn't quote it exactly, but no, it was yeah, you got great. it.
1: You got the point. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It was great. And I would suggest, Seth, that to the point of why we have so many corrupt politicians. Yes, sir. Is that for years and years now we have had. To use your uh, your phraseology, which I really like, several forces of decomposition, like our education system, the colleges, the universities, uh, the entertainment system, Hollywood, uh, and so forth, that have been promoting. There's no such thing as absolute truth you know lying is okay if you can get away with it you don't really need to be moral you know there's no solid foundations and things like that and so we're not surprised with what
1: we end up with i know i know that's you know it's a good point that there is a mathematical equation to these things um, you, you, you 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 know the mode of in which the the, um, the mode in which the inevitable comes to pass in this country really has to do with the choices we make every November or every other November. And yeah. one of the things I've been on a kick about over the last few years lately especially is those that want to sit out the primaries, you can't. You cannot sit out of the primaries. Those that say, and I know you have friends like this, Rick, Rick, as I do. Those that say, well, I'm going to sit out of the primary, but I'll be there in the general. You know, I'll vote the party. You know what? Often those people end up saying uh, on the Monday before the Tuesday in that general, how did we end up with candidates like this? How did we end up with this choice? Well, right you got to get involved. You just, the mode in which the inevitable comes to pass, truly, the quote goes from Oliver Wendell Holmes, is effort. you got to be involved in this. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi, an investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where there are absolutely no fees. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. Get a monthly statement with no surprises. You can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. You can visit with them. They're headquartered at Y-Refi. is headquartered here locally. Their offices are right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. You visit them, you won't get a sales pitch, and you won't be asked to sign a thing. Don may ask you to play on one of his trumpets if you know how to do that. He has a great collection. (laughs) But what they do is like to talk about what it is that they have an investment in. And you can check them out if you don't visit them in person at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then dot com, or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-24. I've given lectures on morality here um, using donuts as the base. Obviously, they were not heated. Well, that's a different lecture, the lecture I give on donuts has to do with how to get along in polite society, and I'm happy to reprise it anytime someone asks. It's a, it's a now-famous lecture I have honed to perfection, and it's about politeness and courtesy and manners, the way Edmund Burke sketched them out. But I think I'm just going to go to my grave with the problem with our own office Once in a while, donuts are brought here as lots of foodstuffs are brought here for the general kitchen. And I have been on this campaign. If you're going to take part, take the whole donut. Do not take half a donut. Do not take half a donut and leave it there. Do not leave detritus. No one wants to eat another half of someone else's donut. If you don't want the whole. So I raised this with our GM, Mark. Because I wanted him to, you know, pronounce an edict ex cathedra on high, and he, you know, what he said to me? I took a picture and showed it to him. I said, "This has to stop, <laughs> and you're the one in charge. You can make it." So you know what he said to me? He said, "That was that I that was my donut. I I, I was the one that cut it." The call came from within the house. <laughs> I am fighting. I, I'm either fighting an uphill battle or will be fired today i'm not sure which uh, one of those you'll two be fired.
2: i i get the feeling that uh if donuts can be split now, I can bring fish to work every single no, day.
1: No, we do not allow fish to be Fishy eaten donuts. here. No, yes. no tuna, no... I think can't, there is oh. a
2: cultural consensus around anything that is circular shaped to be allowed to be split and partitioned. I think there is a have, cultural consensus like pancakes here. pancakes and pizza. I think there
1: is a cultural donuts. consensus here that we are trying to drive Seth mad, and we do so with the obliteration of common courtesy and
2: manners. Probably. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs>